If you work in parks and conservation, you probably know or at least have heard how important parks and natural resources are from a workforce recruitment perspective. But have we ever really gotten the evidence directly? And so I asked myself that question and I decided I was going to reach out to somebody in my community to really put in perspective how important parks and outdoor recreation amenities are from a recruitment perspective. So I reached out to a physician recruiter at our local health system, which is our county's largest employer. The hospital and the health system uh, employs more people than any other industry we have in our community. And I happen to know the guy who does the recruiting to bring in new physicians and doctors to this hospital. And so I reached out to him. So my guest today is Casey Fleming, who is a lifelong resident uh, or almost a lifelong resident of my community here in Burlington, Iowa. And he's been involved in the community in a number of different ways, but he currently serves as the recruitment coordinator or the lead recruiter or something like that for the Great River Health System. And it is his job to go out and find physicians, doctors, and things like that to bring them to this community and sell them on this community and get them to come work for his hospital facility. And in an email that I had sent to him previously, he said that parks and outdoor recreation amenities were absolutely critical to his recruitment efforts. And so I decided to dig into that a little bit more, get some more information on what it's like to be a recruiter and to find out just what the recruitment process really is like. So this episode today goes a little bit off track in that it's not necessarily focused on someone in the field of parks and conservation, but someone who definitely benefits a lot from the work that we do. So hopefully you find inspiration from this and it solidifies in your mind once more just how important your work is working in parks and conservation and providing these type of amenities to your community and to the people that eventually will become part of your community in the future and just how important your work is to the business community out there from a workforce recruitment perspective. So with that, please enjoy this episode with my conversation with my friend Casey Fleming, physician recruiter for Great River Health Systems. Casey, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, looking forward to this discussion here. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, give me some background, who you are and, and what you do. Sure. So I am the uh, recruiter for Great River Health, which is a uh, integrated not-for-profit health system in southeast Iowa. We cover about a five-county area. Um, and I've been in this role for about 12 years and um, been in the area for, for much longer than that. So I worked in, in radio for a long time prior to this. So um, being on the other end of an interview is kind of unique for me and kind of nice. But uh, you know, from the area, grew up here, went to high school here, went to college in Iowa City, moved to Chicago, um, thought life in the big city was for me and, and realized that uh, visiting the big city is great, but, but living there was really not um, my cup of tea. So I, I've been back here for a number of years, uh, again, worked in radio for a long time, uh, brief stint in, in some medical sales, and then have been here at Great River uh, since 2010. So I recruit primarily physicians and nurse practitioners and a physician assistants. Um, 
and you know it's it's again for the five county area for our, our hospitals in uh, Lee and in, in Des Moines County and West Burlington and Fort Madison as well as Henry County Health Center over in Mount Pleasant and we have you know clinics in Minneapolis and Wapalo and Winfield and and down in Keokuk and um, really enjoy what I do um, it, it's a lot of fun and um, people ask all the time you know, how do you talk people into moving to Southeast Iowa and, and I don't my job is to educate and inform, not not sell. Um, there is a selling aspect, of course, but um, when we get people here to the area, the area kind of sells itself. But um, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not super easy because Southeast Iowa is not always on everybody's geographical map in their mind when they're uh, in a job search. But uh, anyway, that's uh, kind of um, a little bit professionally. I'm uh, married, three kids. Uh, my wife and I are both really active outside of just our jobs as far as community-based stuff and volunteering and being on some local boards and then we like being involved in the community in various levels as well yeah and well, a big iowa hawkeye fan so um, <laughs> you know go hawks beat michigan right <laughs> well I, I i won't uh bring up the uh iowa iowa state game then because <laughs> yeah, a lo- lot of folks in my there. industry are <laughs> iowa staters so uh, there you go but uh yeah and and just a, a big thanks. You know, you are involved in a lot of stuff. I see you around at a lot of the, the community functions and chamber functions and things like that. So, sure. um, you know, really appreciate what you do for the community here and, and a fellow kind of lifer within the community. So, and I'll, I'll get into the kind of the, uh, you know, how do you sell this place question here in a little bit. But uh, walk me through the recruiting process. You know, this podcast is for folks that work in, in parks and conservation. I'll bet. Very few of us have ever had a chance to really look into, you know, this industry or this line of work. So, uh, how does that work? I mean, what what uh, what specifically do you kind of walk me through that process of of sure. getting someone to consider Southeast Iowa? Sure. So the the process, kind of from beginning to end, in a nutshell, is is probably similar than any other profession. Uh, physicians, especially, are probably more like any other professional today. Um, more so than, than the past, based on the fact that they're employed, um, they're employed professionals in you know in their area of expertise. They just happen to be in medicine, um, where you know I think 25, 30 years ago, many times they were small business owners, you know that uh, owned their building and had their own employees and paid their own benefits and and all that. Those days are pretty much gone. Most most are employed now, uh, which has led to a lot of positions such as mine having an in-house recruiting role. Uh, because you used to be, you know, if you were uh, a surgery practice and you had four surgeons in your practice and somebody retired or somebody left, um, it was kind of on you as the practice owner or the partner uh, to find that replacement and find that next person. Um, so they would go out and hire an outside firm to, you know, come in and do a community profile and a practice profile, and then they'd go out and try to find, you know, that replacement for you. But um, today, with almost all of the physicians being employed by health systems, um, m- most health systems have somebody like me or a few people like me um, that, that do the recruiting. So um, what's the process? Um, it's identifying a need. So it's either expansion or somebody's leaving a position. And I'll get to why people leave in, in a minute. Um, so it's identifying the need. Um, then it is... Um, identifying who we want to target um, because some some positions are better fit for um, people with experience some people are some positions are better fit for people 
you know, um, just coming out of training um, and, and kind of everything in between. And when you look at all the different types of positions, um, it, you know, you say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a doctor. I'm, I'm recruiting for a physician. So that, then you got to narrow down, okay, um, what specialty? And then within the specialty, what kind of specialty within the specialty? And then once you figure out who you're looking for, now you got to find people that are interested in living in, in, in a more rural area like ours, although I tend to call our area more suburban than rural, um, and also more on that later too, maybe. But um, so it's, it's identifying the need, and then you got to start identifying who you're going to kind of focus your search on. And there's a number of tools and resources that I use, as you probably aren't surprised to hear, I'm sure the same is true in your industry. There's, there's hundreds of vendors out there that can help you find physicians that own databases of cell phone numbers and addresses and email addresses. And a lot of the digital tools now with geofencing, you know, you, you can geofence about anything you want. And if, for example, if there's a conference going on in St. Louis, I can geofence a a hotel that I know they're all staying at and, and put out messaging about Southeast Iowa, Great River Medical Center, Great River Health, um, Southeast Iowa Regional Medical Center, etc. Um, so all, all those tools, everybody's got the same tools in their box available um, as far as being a recruiter. Um, but then it's how you tell your story and a little bit of, of it is about the job and a lot of it is about where you live and, and what you're going to be doing outside of work. So it's definitely a combination of both. Um, so, you know, you, you throw a wide net. Um, actually, you know, I don't throw as wide of a net. I, I try to throw as small of a net as you can to try to find candidates that are good fits. Because I don't want to spend a lot of time on the phone or on my computer or whatever talking to people that you spend 20 minutes on the phone with them and then you're like, well, by the way, we're in, you know, southeast Iowa. And they're like, oh, um, I really want to be on the east coast. Oh, so let, let's try to get all that out early on and technology does make that easier when, when when you're searching for people usually the region is something that they include in, in what they're looking for so I, I try to throw I guess I'll, I'll back that up and say as small of a net as possible to make sure that we're recruiting people that we think are going to be good fits then then we got to figure out if they're um, or if, if we're a good fit for them right because it's a two-way street so you identify the job you throw out the net um, you, you try to reel in some of these candidates, then you get them on the phone, and then most notably you want to get them in for a visit, and hopefully with their family, uh, spouse, children, uh, whatever. Um, we want them to come and see the area and meet people. I, I say it all the time, I said it in an email today, people come to jobs because of the people, not just the buildings and the resources. Um, and so the more people we can bring in, uh, if it's you know kids, spouses, parents, cousins, whoever that, that's part of their um, household or whatever, um, let's get them in here and introduce them to, to people that they'd be working with or in the community and things like that. And then we make a decision on are, are they going to be um, the right fit. We're, we're very much more about fit than just, you know, plug in a hole um, and extend an offer, work on the contract. And it's usually about a six-month process before somebody can get here and start. So um, that's a little bit about kind of the, the generalities of the process. But, you know, there's negotiating. There's all sorts of tactical things that happen in between. Um, you know, when, when do you communicate? When do you send the text message? Or do you call them? Or do you send an email? And those are all the intricacies that I like in, in the position because it's more than just posting a job, interviewing, and hiring somebody. There's a lot more to it. Yeah. So that we could, we could dig into that for a long time because I can see there's a lot of parallels. I know 
as probably every industry, but certainly ours, because that's the industry that I know, uh, often struggles with, with recruitment sometimes and, and finding job applicants. And so short of, so looking at, at conservation professionals out there, say, you know, we've got some full-time positions we need to hire, say a naturalist or a, a field technician or something like that. Uh, oftentimes what we'll do is post a job and, and hope we get applicants. We maybe work our, our local network a little bit to, to find folks. What top tips and tactics would you suggest for some way, say, in our industry uh, to help us find those those candidates short of you know going and hiring a recruiter such as yourself? Sure. So I think you, you got to think about where you live. Um, I mean, jobs, you know, I, I figure there's, there's three things in people's minds uh, in a job search. What they're going to be doing, where they're doing it, and who they're doing it with. What you do is going to be pretty similar probably no matter where you're at. Now, we don't have mountains and oceans in Iowa. I understand that. Um, but so, so maybe in your world it's a little bit different. But in, in medicine, the job is usually quite similar. Now, it, you know, we're, we're probably never going to have a pediatric cardiologist here because we don't have the volume, especially with, you know, great pediatric cardiologists now up there in Iowa City. So, um, so but, but for a general cardiologist, the work here is going to be real similar than it would be in a lot of same-size hospitals throughout the Midwest. Um, the where you do it then really comes into play. And, and what does your area offer that maybe people aren't aware of? Um, and that can be schools, that can be amenities such as parks and recreation um, areas like, like you guys work with. Um, it can be shopping, it can be restaurants, it can be libraries, it can be all the things that communities offer that many times people don't know about. And I think that's one thing that we have a huge advantage of in Southeast Iowa is it's, it's really, I, I like to say, in, at least in my world, it's, it's big city medicine without the traffic because they can kind of practice in a, a bigger city feeling medical center um, and still live in an area that has most of the amenities that you'd find in a St. Louis, Kansas City, Des Moines, Chicago suburb uh, without the traffic. Well, we don't have some of the shopping, we don't have some of the dining, that's okay. What we don't have is nearby. Hour up the road, you get Iowa City, two and a half, three hours away, you're in St. Louis, three, three and a half, Chicago, et cetera, which, which I know that you're familiar with. but. Um, so I think the, the where is, is, is you got to do some selling there because I don't think people know what, what our region offers. Yeah. And I think the more you can align your messaging with what people might be looking for lifestyle-wise, um, you're, you're probably going to get a few more clicks other than just saying, great job, great benefits, great pay. Everybody's got that. Uh, but, you know, being on the Mississippi River, uh, being surrounded by some of the other things that we have, maybe, uh, you know, hunting and fishing is a huge piece, right? So you can do that here and you can do it 10 minutes from work, no matter if you're working at Great River Health or if you're working at Silgan or if you're working, you know, down at Case, New Holland or whatever. So, so having, you know, telling, telling the story about where I think is really important. And then the who, um, who you're going to be working with. Um, is unique to every specialty uh, or every uh, every type of profession, and and we think we have great people here, and, and and when you can sell the people, and if you can find somebody within like our medical staff that maybe trained at the same location or went to the same undergraduate college, when you can, so now you can start to message and focus more of your messaging on 
um, some specific things that people might um, might see in a job ad that that will get their attention other than just great job great benefits you know maybe it's the fact that you know we've got a target and starbucks and dick sporty goods and, and some of those types of things maybe it's low cost of living you know maybe it's um you know low cost of housing you know some of the benefits that whatever your area might offer maybe you know maybe if you're in a big city um you know you're you're, you're selling the fact that you do have all of those amenities um but in our specific setting, being more rural, um, you just have to tell the story a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So in your experience, what are you finding that potential recruits are, are most looking for? You know, you, you, you got somebody that's, okay, I'm, I'm interested in the job. And so now it's, it's what does the community have to offer and, and that kind of stuff. What, what are you finding that they're looking for? Sure. So uh, work-life balance is huge. Um, I'd say that's continued to climb the ladder. Flexibility and scheduling, um, autonomy, uh, all those things I think are real important in medicine. And based on the knowledge I have in other industries, that seems to be continuing uh, to gain importance, Um, especially post-pandemic or almost post-pandemic, right, we we hope. Um, People saw that people can be productive without sitting in an office from 8 to 5. Yeah, and, and that's true in, in medicine sometimes. Uh, you can do some, you know, telemed, you can do some stuff with, you know, uh, video and phone conferencing and things that, that you you didn't really do as much even two, three years ago. Um, so, so that flexibility in, in the work schedule and that work-life balance I've seen become more and more important. Um, much to people's surprise, it's not usually money. When I find somebody that, that's just, you know, really ringing the money bell and that's all they're really after, that, that's probably not somebody we're going to pursue too heavily. Um, in our location, people can be higher earners because we don't have any local competition to speak of in, in most of our specialties. But, um, you know, you, you can be more financially successful quicker in a market our size than you could in a Chicago or a Kansas City just purely based on numbers. Um, there's fewer doctors to take care of more people in any rural area than there is in any more metropolitan area. But that, that's not usually what's driving people. It's, it's work-life balance. It's the amenities um, that your community offers. Um, it's, it's cost of living. Uh, today, I think, is continuing to get more important with some of the increases we've seen in the last year. Um, and, then, and then location in general is, is ultimately, to me, the most important because um, again there's there's jobs in medicine everywhere um, there's there's good pay there's work-life balance all that other stuff but really location really becomes important because are they close enough to family where they can get back and see mom and dad or are they close enough to their grandkids and that um, I'll expand on that just momentarily that's you know something I mentioned earlier why, why do people leave jobs at, at least in in our health system the number one reason people leave um, here is is geography and it's it's usually family you know i you know i've I've, i just had my first grandkid and they live in cleveland so i'm moving to cleveland or um (laughs) i really thought i liked the small town but i really miss the metropolitan area and i need to be by the ocean i you know we we can't move mountains and oceans to iowa so um geographic location and family are the two biggest dissatisfiers it's it's rarely the region itself or the job um and so I think, you know, when, when you can search and find people that 
align with the size of community they're working in and then you know align well with the people they're working with is, is when you find people that are going to come and stay because I think retention is important in any industry um, right and that's you know a, a lot of job postings and email blasts and small digital marketing pieces I send out are have nothing to do with the job you know it's like um, because usually when somebody gets an email, and I argue with some of the big vendors about this. Now, again, i got 15 years of advertising experience, so I think a little bit differently than <laughs> probably the average recruiter. But, you know, I'll say things like, what kept you up at night? Or what keeps you up at night? Question mark. Mm-hmm. That, that'll be a, a lead for an email. And, yeah, I know that they're an orthopedic surgeon, and they know that they're an orthopedic surgeon. So if they choose to click and open it, my first thing is going to be, work-life balance, live five minutes from work and five minutes from where you play, you know, what, whatever else I'm going to be selling. But it's not just great orthopedic job in Iowa. It's what, what, what keeps you up at night. Our job mm-hmm. might help you. Or um, the big city medicine without the traffic. Or um, is this enough vacation for you? Question mark. Try, trying to send stuff out there that makes them think outside of the job and more about those real world things that really people lay awake at night and think about what, you know, people don't lay awake at night and think I need 5% match on my 401k or I'm not looking for a job. I'm only at four. I need five. I mean, that's not what they're thinking about. They're they're thinking about enjoying going to work every day. Um, and that maybe that work life balance or whatever else is important to them. Mm hmm. So that's a good point. I think a lot of listeners here could take away, especially if you're in a position where you're doing recruitment for positions, is that certainly across our industry, a lot of the jobs are going to be largely the same. And so the differentiating factor is is where the job's at and then the other components that are, you know, what can you do outside the job and, and that kind of stuff. And so that leads me into the big question that we're all going to ask in the parks and conservation world is is how big a role do parks and conservation areas play into the recruitment process for you it's huge uh for me because and in, in apparently important to this fly too that's buzzing around <laughs> my head um it's very important because for us we've we've got that um so close by we have so many resources nearby that you know people want to see the Mississippi River because maybe they've never seen it. Um, this fly is unbelievable. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a fly in my office and this guy is just, a, anyway, okay. Relentless. Um, people want to see the Mississippi River. Some people have never seen it. And and they're, you know, they're blown away. Um, the fact that we've got so many, I mean, our city parks in Burlington, to speak directly to those, you know, it's you know, 150, 200 acres of city parks, right basically in the middle of town, very well maintained, you know, safety, right? Boy, can I, can I go out to those parks at night and walk around or is it, is it safe? I don't know. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's never even entered my mind. Of course <laughs> right? they're safe. Um, you know, to have Big Hollow and, and you can camp and you can fish and, and all the things you can do out there, geode, same things you know, mountain biking. You know, I always say that we got a little bit of everything, but not a lot of anything uh, in, in our area. And in the natural resources, the parks and rec is, is a huge part of that. Um, you know, the fact that you can leave work, get home, 
change your clothes, load up the kids, and go for a three-mile hike at North Gorge or Geode or up and down the riverfront, whatever, is huge. Because you cannot do that in Chicago. You cannot do that in larger cities. It would take you an hour to get home and, and do that and get out to whatever park you're going to. Um, I mean, personally, I live closest to Stars Cave. And, I mean, literally, it's a eight-minute bike ride for my daughter and I. And we'll go down there and do that and hike around. And she likes to creek stomp and whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't ride back up that hill. <laughs> <laughs> For people that don't know, it's it's about the steepest hill in Des Moines County. We we walk our bikes back up it, but um, and I tell my doctors that I take them there and show them that because the access. So it's one thing to have great parks and recreation, but it's a more important thing to have easy access to it, right? And and man, what we have in Southeast Iowa between the river, uh, Geo, Big Hollow, Stars Cave, um, the uh, Flint River Trail that's that's continuing to develop. Um, again, people aren't like, oh, that's pretty nice. I mean, people are blown away. They're like, this is awesome, and I can't believe how close it is to where I work and where I live. So as you can tell, it's, it's super important to me and in what we do because I, I'm not recruiting people to Southeast Iowa that want, you know, nightclubs and, and Louis Vuitton and Gucci stores. I'm recruiting people to Southeast Iowa that usually have questions like, can I buy land? Can I live in the country? Can I have a horse? Can I mountain bike? Can I fish? All these things that we can do here, those are the people that I'm after. And then when I get them here and show them how easily accessible all that stuff is, um, that's, what, that's what gets people uh, excited about coming here. And then more importantly, excited about staying here. Mm -hmm. You know, I could, get, I could list off physician after physician after physician that has that have bought land and built buildings and have these you know amazing hunting setups you know with with all the trails and side by sides and four wheelers and deer stands and all that um, and and I'm and 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 again I, I can't stress enough they don't think oh, I'm I'm kind of excited to do this I mean they love it you know and and when you get people that invest then in the in the area and in the region and by buying land and investing um, they end up staying longer and then that's a win for everybody involved most importantly the patients right yeah so what could communities like ours do to uh, make our our community more attractive to professionals like this whether it's health industry or or anyone really um, and specifically for us in the parks and conservation field um, what could we do in conjunction you know, with I, I think just continuing to tell the story I think the more um, more we talk about what we have to offer, um, the better. Um, it's, it's interesting. There, there are more ways to market and communicate in today's world than ever before. And, and I think sometimes what people fail to realize is that that means it also delineates the messaging quite a bit, right? Because where, where are you getting your information? From social media. And you say social media, what's that mean to people? Does that mean Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or what the 19 other platforms that people use today. Right. Um, so I, I think the more we just continue to tell our story, if it's through traditional media, if it's through podcasts, if it's through face-to-face -face communication, you know, we, we just need to continue to communicate that and, and what we have. 
And then I think we need to continue to enhance what we have. And I, I think, you know, big thanks to you and the work that you've done and, and your team and, and volunteers and fundraisers on making everything that we have better. I mean, Big Hollow didn't exist 20 years ago, and now it's a huge attraction, you know. Uh, the Flint River Trail continues to develop. So I think continuing to look for fundraising opportunities and, and abilities to enhance what we have and then continue to expand, I mean, um, I know bike trails is a, is a conversation that, that people have. Um, we need more bike trails. We need more walking trails. And, and I just was you know, bragging up how great some of that stuff is. But I do think we have opportunity, especially within the town of Burlington, to have some more biking and walking friendly, um, be it trails or be it lanes on existing streets or, or whatever. Um, and you know, working with the city and working with you know the counties, um, you know, to make sure that we're maximizing our opportunity. Because for a, for a guy that works in the health system, you know, we, we want a healthy community. You know, and, and we want uh, and people do too. I mean, people, you know, especially young physicians. That's that's a question they ask, they ask often. Is you know, are there bike paths and bike trails and walking paths and things? And I say yes. Um, yeah, and I think we have opportunity to improve on that and continue to work on that. But um, in in general, I think we just we just got to continue to make what we have better, and just tell people the story. You know, let let people know what we have, because many times it's way better than what people expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point, and I've made this point repeatedly in past episodes, and anytime I get an ear that in our industry we do a terrible job of of telling our story and, and doing marketing. And oftentimes you'll see that, you know, marketing is kind of a forgotten component of your operation in, especially working in the public sector, you know, spending money on marketing sometimes is, is viewed upon as, you know, something you shouldn't do. Uh, and I think that's one of the critical things that we need to be doing. We, we've got to get our, our message out there and, you know, if you build it, they will come. Well, not if they don't know about it. And so, right. uh, that's that's a point I've made repeatedly, and I think well, and that and that's that's a line that I hate hearing about. Oh, th this is the best kept secret in Iowa. Why would you ever want to be the best kept secret? You you want to be the <laughs> right. You, you want to be the best story told. You want to be the brightest shining light. You want to be a, a you don't want to be a, a kept secret. And 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 I do hear that sometimes about our region. Is boy, even even people regionally from Iowa. Uh, obviously, we recruit as many physicians from Iowa as we can, um, just due to the local ties and stuff. But it's amazing to me the people from Iowa that are like, oh, I've never been to Burlington. You know, may maybe they hadn't heard good things, or maybe oh, they just, you know, it's another river town, and they get down here and they're like, this place is awesome. Right. They, I mean, people just fall in love with the place, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not making that up. They're they're the ones telling me this. Right. And and sometimes I think uh, to your point, you know, I, I don't think in general you you know you tell your story well enough or confident enough or or just often enough to remind people how great a place this is. And um, again, when you get people here, I, I don't when when I get people here, I get somebody coming in tomorrow. He's driving in from Ohio. He's from small town Kentucky. He's done all the research online and everything. But my guess is when he gets here and I drive him up and down the riverfront, through downtown, out to the parks, he's going to say the same thing, what almost everybody else says, and that's, wow, this place is way better than I even expected. And, and I'm not cueing that up, but I hear it almost 
nine out of ten times I bring a candidate in. And for me, that's exciting because now yeah. I know at least I have somebody interested in the area. But uh, <laughs> yeah. when you get people here, they love it. But I do think that we always have an opportunity to continue to uh, remind people of that. And if it's, you know, what what is marketing? I mean, yeah, marketing, people think about advertising and billboards and commercials. But marketing is me and you telling our friends. Marketing is simple Facebook posts of, you know, look at the look at the sunrise over the Mississippi River downtown. I mean, all that stuff that puts any sort of impression um, puts that picture in people's minds of how mm-hmm. good um, a place can be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we could spend a lot of time digging into that, and maybe that'll be a follow up one sometime. But uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, in, in the interest of time, um, we'll we'll kind of wind this up. Uh, any any final thoughts? Any suggestions? Or one of the ways I like to put this is uh, if you had a a billboard that you could put out there that you know everybody could see uh was is there something you would say on it or just a, a big message if you could get out to the masses what would that be um, about the region specifically or just yeah i mean it, it could be kind of uh, about this region or or from a uh, recruitment perspective in general or really anything it'd just be a feel-good message would from casey fleming sure yeah i think um don't, don't be afraid to look. Don't be afraid to look because um, I think sometimes people think that, you know, small town life or more rural life it is not for them. But, but don't be afraid to look and, and you just might like what you see. Um, uh, because again, I, I think that um, I, I've seen it for 12 years of, of people that come to town and are not just, um, not, not kind of, Oh, this is you know pretty good. I mean, they're they're, this, I mean, they're as excited as this fly is trying to land on my glasses and, and computer. <laughs> no, but really, it's it's um, don't be afraid to look in in you know life in a smaller town because again the the job's probably going to be similar no matter where you are. But many times, smaller towns have way more to offer than people think. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, we're seeing that. I know the Iowa Tourism Department. Uh, is is kind of taking that angle too, um, and has really kind of said there's more here than than what you think, and has tried to kind of run with that message. I like this campaign they did. They the they call us you know flyover country, and so they did a bunch of drone flyovers of some of the really coolest things that the state has to offer. And I, I thought that was a pretty neat angle. And so yeah, all of our now, communities. I've seen have, some of that. Is that like they, this is Iowa and some of that yeah, type of stuff? Yep. Exactly. Those are really cool. Yeah I, yeah, I I love that stuff. And you know, and and something else too. I think, and, and this is a probably a whole other podcast too. But um, is it's okay to be small, you know, and it's it's okay uh, to be a county of forty thousand. Let's just be the best county of forty thousand we can be. You know, we yeah. we don't always. You know, sometimes we just need to look inside and and realize what we do have. And maximize it instead of always focusing on, man, we need more people, we need more numbers, we need more jobs, we need more, we need more, more, more. You know, sometimes we need to, you know, look within and say, hey, what we have is pretty darn good. Let's maximize it and make it the best we can make it. Yeah, I agree. Well, Casey, this has been great. I, I appreciate the insight. Uh, we could go on and on about some of these topics, and so maybe we'll we'll have some follow ups yeah. later in the future. But uh, yeah. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, and so uh, I'll let you get back to it. But thanks for taking the time to chat with me today, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. 
Thank you, and appreciate what you do for the, the region. I'm going to go find a fly swatter and try to get this guy back outside. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right. Thanks. You take care now. Yep, you too. Bye.